Hi everybody, now I'm uh, back for uh, the next podcast, uh, the podcast of burnout. Um, welcome back uh, to everybody, all those fundraisers out here. Uh, fundraisers are like Hercules. Burnout, now that is the big question. Um, so basically this here podcast will be looking at um, possible definitions of it, um, ideas on it. Just don't worry, you're not alone. Um, so what I'm going to do is basically look at it like people always say um, If you enjoy what you do, you won't work a day in your life Yeah, mm-hmm uh, So what stops that enjoyment is surely fundraising like it has fun in it and We sign up for these roles because what? Uh, we are good at it. We enjoy it and it gives us a feeling of that warmth, that loving we've done something good and achieved something. So, why burnout? Um, surely, like, there we are, working in charities, we always put others first, and it's all about that good and that great, great spirit of helping others. So, you look around, like I know myself, I've done it, and you look around and you see others, doing so many different things like your five kids running school runs like doing your full job exercise classes oh just so much uh, and then you look at yourself and you go what have i done what is wrong with me uh, am i weak is there something wrong am I, am I just not made for this job but three different experiences you suddenly just look at it and go look you should never feel like that or even think like that because each person is different like if you looked at that person's life um, you sort of think right, okay others may thrive in that pressure uh, you may actually have different sort of triggers uh, that trigger different stresses uh, than them they actually may actually be more supported by their work colleagues family and uh, their work-life balance may be in a better place and they may have actually more structure in their life and they may be able to actually turn off that work button so it gives them that opportunity to automatically just go and do everything go and do those things because they've got a timetable they go right okay there it is Monday to Friday 9 o'clock to 5 I work bang I don't have to think about work there it is 8 o'clock to what 8.45 we go and do these things like 8.45 to work at 9 we go and drive there and then you're talking about picking up the school runs, getting kids, get exercise classes, weekends, etc. They may have that kind of balance. Fundraisers, good luck on finding that one. That's all I'm saying. Um, so, during the topic, uh, you sort of look at it and you go, look, this is a big topic, so don't you worry about it. I'm only going to just cover up as much as we can first. And then the next session, what I'll actually look at is possible ways of sort of counteracting. Um, sort of managing and um, maybe even some of the people like I've been actually listened to uh, recently is a fellow called Kevin Joseph uh, he actually interviewed uh, a lady Dora Paletti she brought out some really really interesting things I'll actually mention one of the things later on it so there we go so you're looking at um, basically burnout burnout in itself um, people say like that it's a state of emotion physical and mental exhaustion caused by excessive and prolonged stress. It occurs when you feel overwhelmed, emotionally drained and unable to meet constant demands. Well, 
many of us are familiar with workplace burnout. So, um, feeling that extreme physical and emotional exhaustion is not much different. Like you've got the effects of like sort of uh, business executives, people always say, and doctors, but it's always us on the ground that uh, has to be running around like head of chickens, as they say. But surely that's a different sign of something else, like other things need to be sorted out. So let's explore that a little bit more. We've got another definition, I thought, well here, this is actually quite nice, from uh, WHO, that's uh, the World Health Organization. Uh, they recently updated the definition. Uh, it, it now refers to burnout as a syndrome uh, conceptualized as resulting from chronic workplace stress and that has not been successfully managed. Hmm. Yeah, again, is it structure? Is it yourself? Or is it your surrounding atmosphere or different behaviours? So, there's a few questions there. So, the one uh, that I actually find now is actually uh, symptoms. If you actually Google it and there's like a lot of different pictures and everything else, I thought it was actually quite funny. Um, on one of mine, I've actually got, uh, it's actually it's quite, quite interesting as well as funny. Um, but you've actually got like, for example, uh, possible symptoms of including uh, would be feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion. Yeah, okay, that's like tiredness, you're always running around. Uh, increased mental distance from one's job or feeling negative towards one's career. Should you be there? Am I good enough? And then you're talking about reduced personal produ productivity. The best one I found was actually a nice wee stage, it's actually a picture, a picture on like 12 different wee stages. And uh, what it is, is done it's nicely, it just shows 12 stages of burnout. You've got excessive drive or ambition, so you really want to achieve, you really want to do something so much because you're so empathetic, you want to make that change, you want to make that, that life, you're, you're so invested in this charity work because you've got experience in it. You know how it's made it, like one of your close families, your own personal life changed in it. So you, you really are fully ambitious. But is that excessive drive? Now, look at that one. The next one, pushing yourself to work harder. Yeah, we all try to do that. We all try to do as much as we can because we want to better the situation we're in. That's what we're going to try and do. But then you go neglecting personal care. So you're just running around, you're trying to shower, you're trying to get as much done inside those 24 hours as you can and looking after yourself. Doesn't really matter. You're trying to do the greater good. Displacement of conflict. So you're sort of looking everywhere. All over the place. You, you, you just don't understand, like you're trying to do as much as you can, taking on everything else. Then it goes into it nicely. No time for non-work related needs. If you're young kids, are you spending enough time? If you're a wife, are you spending enough time? Girlfriend, family, or even going out for a drink? Oh, no, no, I'm so busy, I've got no time for that. But now, this is where burnout is starting to get even bigger and bigger a problem. Goes to denial. No, no, I'm glad. Ah, oh, no, sure, I'm okay. I'm okay, I'm just, I'm busy, I'm just busy, yeah. Oh, it's manic. People say it's manic. They're all running around everywhere, manic. You just go, no, no, no. Just very busy. Grand, don't worry about it. And then you suddenly become more withdrawal. 
you try and stay away and you, you're just unsure of yourself you've just had enough and then your behavioral changes and that's where it is then surety and then you go depersonalization you say, oh, am i good enough am i really being here you don't want to connect with people you want to just stay away from people you just think i want to be away i want to be in my own place just leave me alone. And then now your sign goes right here. Inner emptiness. You're now alone. Physically. Now emotionally. You don't feel fulfilled. You don't have that same drive that you had at the very, very start. That we were saying at the very start. We go, oh, I'm so empathetic. I so understand this charity. I understand this work. I know I can bring in all this money. Because this charity needs it. But then... You've now been empty. You're so unsympathetic, unsympathetic towards it because you just don't feel fulfilled. You're lost. You're just now gone. And the last two stages, depression. People suddenly go, no, I'm not depressed. Just burn out, I'm not depressed. But you are on the very, very close edges of it. And a mental and physical exhaustion or collapse. Most people actually end up sort of floating around the sort of depersonalizing and inner, um, emptiness but they don't realize that they're actually on the verge of depression on it so I, I i thought that one was a nice nice wee sort of sort of stage by stage approach um like working in the non-profit and charity sector our mindset we are programmed if you want to put it uh, to put others first and ourselves last but should we really be in that case should we be looking at sort of thinking right why do we not have a work-life balance why do we not continue to be in that structure like why do we have this feeling of helpless overloaded and the big question is unappreciated so just remember burnout is a gradual process you don't realize that it creeps up on you like it's it's like one of those blood suckers it's like it's one of those things it's like sucking the fun out of fundraiser like i know yeah again that's yay fun and fundraiser but it's sucking the fun out of it it's 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 gradually creeping up on you going like here these different triggers it's sort of one thing after another after another and after another and you just don't know are you getting the support are you being able to speak to people and all those so yeah that's that's you sort of looking at there's other like people say there's five stages of burnout like you've got the honeymoon phase you you were in there at the very start like the very seventh stage and that five steps <coughs> yeah honeymoon you love it you're in there you're gonna make a change you're gonna be the best person there then the first things that comes on is the onset of stress yeah okay yeah people can work with stress they knew the stress is there and they're working with it that's what you expect you're in a workload then you get chronic stress that's continuous increasing high stress whether it's been brought on by your own self or others so you've got all these sort of things that you have to look at so you burnout that's the big thing which we were discussing and you forget habitual burnout that means you haven't got a good recovery system and you don't have a good work plan in place because it's continuous 
once you actually think you've got yourself out the other side, within about a period of six months, you're back in it again. You're like drowning in quicksand and you just don't know, why is it happening to me, of all people again? It's just continuous. So, possible causes of job burnout. Lack of control. Yeah, that sounds familiar with most of us. We, we have sometimes whenever we get put into certain situations, you are now just flying around everywhere. Um, an inability to influence decisions that affect your job. Well, look at your schedules, your workloads, your assignments, but also those who manage those in you. You have to look at those. It's like if you can't have any kind of structures or closeness on it, that is something that could be looked into. Um, then you also got unclear job expectation. Now that's an interesting. Is it you that's putting on the stress in relation to want to be higher achiever, want to do even more that day, want to even do more contacts, want to even speak to it, or is it the charity, or is it your line manager, is it a financial expectation? You have to achieve. 50,000, 150,000, 250,000, 550,000, 2 million, 10 million. All these figures are all banded about. And you're thinking, I'm right here, where do I fit into this? That expectation, we have to get that money in. It's just pressure on pressure on pressure. And that is where Hercules is a pile of mar marbles in his hands. Suddenly those marbles get bigger, heavier, stronger. Now they become Atlas stones. So they are, I mean, intense. And will they end up having to be carried on your shoulder? So dysfunctional workplace dynamics is another one that I've actually seen on the internet they actually put down to as a possible cause for job burnout. Yeah, do you know where you are in that workplace? What is your position? What is your role? Like, listen to where do you fit in the overall pyramid? Like, are you just might do one little section, but then you'll be continuously asked and asked and asked for more and more and more? Look at it. Sit down and look at that workload that you've done over the past months. Like, um, remember, it's, it could not be just down to you. It may be just down to simple stress triggers. That's all it is. So sit down and have a look at it. Then you've got extremes of activity. It's, it's your workload. You, you suddenly think, well, here, put it in there. You're continuously asked by others. We're always told in uh, fundraising whenever we're recruiting volunteers, it's best to say a no. To say a no sooner rather than the five minutes before the end. And you really need something. Because the sooner you get a no, that means you can go and ask another volunteer. Say, look, here, can you do this? If you can't do that, at least you can ask so many different people rather than actually having to cancel something at the very end. So that means, yet again, you don't bring in the money. You have to try and look at that. It's a scary word, that no. It's easy to say sometimes, but then it's scary to say to your manager or colleagues or to say that it's a sign of weakness. So you're not being weak. You're just saying, look, I understand I've got all this other stuff on, so don't worry about it. So lack of social support. People always say I like social hours, right? Having drinks and all those kind of things. Yeah, like, but remember, it's your work-life balance. Because what you try and do is look outside. What else do you do other than work? If you've got family, 
brilliant spend a bit more time with them go for walks have a half an hour just to chill out even if it's basically watch a movie having that glass of wine or whatever else that might be actually or but make sure you're not thinking about work and that is the key thing it's your social support right there remember you also need to have work support so you also have to look at that and we'll come back onto that in a wee second then you're talking about your work-life balance that sort of touched on air a few seconds ago but it's work-life imbalance is a possible cause because you don't have it it's, it's working 24 7 and that's 12 causes of it in the stages is like you end up becoming you don't have time for things you don't have time to actually go and spend time with your family you don't have time to actually go and have dinner with your family you're always on your phone you're always making calls you're eating dinner late you forget about lunch you just don't have time it's it's massive you just don't have time now you sort of look at risk factors high stress jobs doesn't always lead to burnout as we said at the very very start you see this here colleagues with five kids you able to do about 20 different jobs and still has time to do exercise and all those kind of things yeah it's not the high stress it's 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 now we're thinking of it's something else all of us can actually cope with different stress levels yes we acknowledge that and we understand that but is it other factors around us I hope we're actually now starting to think that it's not you right yes maybe you sort of look at it and you think well actually now you need to actually manage my time better and I actually have to say no often and those kind of things you sort of look at those but it's the outside factors that you can actually control so you're sort of sitting in your chart and going like here no problem or non-profit organization right okay this is expected of me put in a timeline well bye there you go if it's 20 schools you have to go and speak to you today that's okay you've done those 20 schools and then you actually try and but make sure that the other list or big list you can do make sure it's manageable look at it right because this is the next part is if stress is managed well that's will not lead to ill health like you can cope with any amount of stress if it's managed well so if you sort of look at it and goes right, okay um, but some individuals look at the occupation and they think oh, but we shouldn't be having this we should be lots of fun and all those kind of things it's like fundraisers and oh, my board governors and trustees or yeah managers senior managers that's fun yeah like no problem but there's always that weight on our shoulders on it so people say look here there are heavy workloads placed individuals with certain personality characteristics and lifestyles but if it's managed well if it's structured well if it's supported well and the individual then realize it's not them and they can say no and they're an environment to be able to say no and they can communicate it's a safe environment um, because I've seen a lot of um, like sort of research and reading and there's a lot of medical journals around nursing and doctors and everything else because we all identify that that's a hugely high intensity stress environment but we don't realize that we are as well as fundraisers so you sort of look at it and it's like uh, workers in every industry at every level are at potential risk according to a study that was actually in the medical journal in 2018 reported by Gulp yeah employee burnout have five main causes 
You ready for this? These will actually seem very, very familiar. Unreasonable time pressure. These are things that you may think are out of your control, but think about it. If it's unreasonable, you have to have that safe environment that you're able to communicate. So, employees who say they have enough time do their work right? and are not likely to burn out because they say they have enough time and they're able to actually look here, let's get that time management in there, let's get that scheduling into it. Individuals who are not able to gain more time will have a massive risk of burnout. Right? Lack of communication and support from managers. Managed support offers a psychological buffering and stress. Right? We're going to be able to actually at least feel that freedom uh, to at least speak to others and say, look here, I need help. Like the old song, help, I need somebody, help. Not just anybody, but it's the manager. That's the thing. Sorry for my singing there, but <laughs> it's a nice wee sort of take on it. Um, but then it comes down to it, then you sort of look at it, communication, but if you're not able to actually get that, this is where you suddenly look at it, it goes like here, if you're feeling burnout for and unsupported for a number of reasons, then you won't be able to be able to communicate to that manager, for example, uh, the taboo subjects of sexism, bullying, but then also you sort of look at it, they communicate in different ways, or different styles, or approach things differently. So you have to make maybe your manager to be more aware that this is how you should be treating me, but if not, your manager then, and their manager, you have to have someone to speak to. Yes, your colleague is a good sounding board, but it must be made sure that, is it just you that they can't communicate? Then there's our issues if it is just you that you prefer not to communicate to, because that's where it comes down to like sort of sexism, bullying and harassment, etc. But then if it's everybody, then you're thinking, well here, let's look at this and ask the senior manager and say like, let's, is there some other way we can do this? I need to communicate to alleviate some of this pressure on. So then you also look at lack of role clarity. I mentioned that before. If you don't have a defined role or understand your role or what's expected of it, then you're going to be running around like a headless chicken. You just do not know what's next, who's doing what, basically putting out fires and you become so exhausted so quickly and fatigued and disinterested and that's where you're sort of looking at the next stages of it and you think well here what's the point so the next one then is unmanageable workload yeah so you're sort of looking at it and going well i have been asked to do this yeah i'm on this year project but then if you've got like fundraising uh you may end up having to do individuals you may end up having to do donor care you may end up having to do collection boxes you may also have to do um, I know, events, um, MMs, basically there's a whole pile of them. You may end up having to look after all those and if you're in a big enough charity and that can take up lots. But then on top of that, you then still have to go out and actually make sure you've got new contacts, new networking, new approaches, new ideas. Now this is where your workload starts to become unmanageable and then if you're 
manager, co-workers, other management or trustees, directors ask you to do something on top of this, like write a report or supervisions or evaluations or anything else, then you're about to crack. You just don't know. And they go, oh, by the way, we're bringing this here time pressure and say, look, this has to be done by Friday. And this is Thursday afternoon. It's inappropriate. So whether or not you can say no, but I know for certain you feel helpless. You feel hopeless because you had no hope of completing the class or task, but also you get no hope of getting that support. If that communication sort of hasn't got something in there like a barrier or a wall to prevent you to say, look, no, this is not happening. I can't do it. I need support. Uh, is someone else who's not as busy as me or who has a little bit more free time? You also look at unfair treatment. I sort of touched on that there before. Like, is that communication? Is it just you? Or is it from someone else? Like, if you look at it, unfair treatment could be like favoritism to one person. They think, oh, they're always with them. They're always there, but uh, like you may end up seeing it differently that that person they may need that extra support. But if they're there for say five years or six months or ten years, and they're still getting that manager support continuous, you think is it favoritism? Do you actually looking for it and need that support, or is it bad management from the manager that they're continuously with that one person? You sort of look at it and go right here. Things need to be addressed and need to be assessed on it. And you then like saying that could it be mistreatment from a co-worker can also bring burnout. Because these continuously build and build and you sort of look at it like you I did mention it, it could be bullying, sexism, harassment, that kind of things feature into that. You sort of look at it and you evaluate what stages are we at with burnout, but these all build. So but then you're not able to talk about it if you've no, or if you've got a barrier between yourself and communication of your manager. So you then have to speak to a senior manager or someone else. It's actually quite uh, interesting. I was actually reading um, NHS report on safe communic- uh, compassionate care for patients report to support and understand nursing care in 2017. Yeah, more medicals. But everybody thinks it's like massive in relation to the whole ideas of the medical environment. Massive pressures, massive stress, high cases of burnouts and everything else. But then we also find the exact same in fundraising in, uh, in relation to the non-profit and charitable sector. So come back into the report. Um, NHS staff have become shock absorbers. That's why I read it. Become shock absorbers of the NHS under chronic strain, right? So could we be the exact same? Have a little think about that. Are we the shock absorber between the donor and the charity? And we're taking on everything. So now that we're towards the end, there was a bit of a longer spiel this one, and we've just got basically thinking of it, of um, where is the problem. So you sort of look at it now, it goes that we have covered so many definitions, so many ideas of strains, right? But make sure you look at it and you don't, un- you think to yourself, look, it is actually not 
you yes, you may be a small part, as like maybe change your mind or look at your sort of workloads, etc. But like you sort of look at a workload. That's your work structures. Is it people I work with? Is it how I communicate? Is it how others communicate to me? The expectations that I put on myself and the expectations that others put on me. Or is it the social expectations? Then you also look at it, the support around me. Do I have enough support? I'm saying about social support. Do I have enough free time to at least sort of recharge my batteries, look at after myself? Do I have enough support in the charity? To say, look here, those structures, is there a calendar there that these events are actually happening? Are they actually like six months in advance? This is the plan, this is gonna be here, these are the specific key targets, and this is the amount of money raised. How do you actually cover that money raised? Is there a plan in place? And where do I feature in that? What is my specific ask? And also, the support doesn't actually just have to be that. The support is, if I have a problem, can I speak to someone? Go and find that person that you can speak to. A colleague, it could be another manager, it could be someone else. That you need to at least say, look, I am virtually towards the end. I need support. Either my workload is so high or it's just so towards the end. So be, be careful. Those those are the main points that I sort of looked at and I thought, well, here, let's have a look at it. So we should follow this by looking at solutions. Right? It's not all doom and gloom. Remember, it's not just you. It's not just me. It's us. Not just us as fundraisers, it's us as a structure. We have to look at everything. So remember, you're just a small part of this. So... Um, I hope you can actually see the, the larger the larger environment, the larger sort of earth. So you sort of look at it in the sort of non-profit. There was actually one of the previous, um, say, podcasts I was actually listening to. It was actually a fella called Kevin Joseph. And uh, he actually had a lady on uh, called uh, Dara Paletti. They mentioned quite a few good things. Really, really good organizing burnout. Um, but one of the things we're actually saying about uh, boiling water etc uh, so my sort of wee analogy on this here uh, was quite good uh, just so there you have it you are and your pressure and your stress and your levels of what you can cope with just like this your saucepan of water you put it on to boil gas more too burnout will gradually keep up on you. I mentioned like the blood sucking, you know, fun, that'll gradually drain you. It's the exact same as water if you're in a grass mart too. It'll simmer, it'll simmer, it'll simmer. But I'll still reach the same end. Boiling over. So keep an eye on that. But then if you're looking at it, different stresses. So here's the thing I your different stress triggers. I mentioned before about triggers. One person's trigger could end up like going, whoa, up to gas mart nine. It's going to boil really, really quickly. They will just like, oh, pull off and that's it. Like, that's just it. Water's going to simmer over everywhere. Scald the hands, everything else, just mad. But then it may only last for a few seconds and then maybe instead of gas mark 2, they'll only come down to maybe a gas mark 4. Then they'll get closer and closer. Then they'll go up to an 8. But then every time they try to recover, remember I said about inherent burnout, they don't have enough recovery. So just think of that boiling water. If you get that recovery in place, you will actually feel 
a lot stronger, giving yourself that time. So some people say, take a day to yourself, take half an hour, take, take an extra lunch. I know I've said to a colleague, just take that time. You may say, oh, like I don't have time for lunch. Take it, get away from it. That's what you need. So all I can say is take care of yourself. Yes, the charity has always been put first and everything else, but you have to take care of yourself. If you as fundraisers are not taken care of, then the work will never be done. The work will not be done at a high standard to achieve that money that you ever wanted to bring in. And that means yet again, more stress and more, more pressures put onto you, more questions gonna be asked. So take your time, take care of yourself. So I'll conclude and say, I look forward to the next podcast. Um, yes, we will actually then continue to actually look at the positiveness to recover and try and get out of that and those symptoms to get away from it. So we will try and bring burnout to its knees and not us and Hercules. We are not holding the earth on our shoulders. We are those marbles in our hands. So thank you very much for listening and have a great weekend and I will see you next time. Take care. Bye bye.